Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 5, Be a Clown, and It's Never Too Late. Hi, friends. It's us again without a guest this time, because yeah. sometimes we have them and sometimes we don't. Yeah, it's a crapshoot. Will we have a I, guest? Will we not? You'll never know. I feel like I'm, I'm feeling like I need to explain very fundamental parts of the show all over again for people we're a new who are show. listening for the first time, except... These are so fundamental that, no, there are guests sometimes and sometimes mm-hmm. there aren't. People yeah. can probably figure that out. There's someone listening for the first time just like, I thought there were guests every week. I Screw heard, this show. I heard three voices last week. Mm-hmm. Well, you heard me and Brian and occasionally Matt got a word in. But, uh, yeah. Um, Take a week off sometimes. Yeah, you know, whether, whether you plan to or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. I try. It, it's fine. Um, I, when I go to edit and I look at the waveforms and it's like, oh, this one's like, did Matt's mic go? Oh, no. It's just because me and Brian like to talk a lot. We, uh, we did an episode once where, uh, my mic, my mic broke and I had to fix it in the middle of the episode and no one noticed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I try. I know I have this tendency. <laughs> I try so hard. Uh, so this is a this is kind of a milestone week for us because mm. this is the first time we got two pretty good ones in a row. Yeah, it's been shaken out, you know, one ridiculous one and one quite good one. But uh, this week, this week we got uh, we got two. I mean, one's demonstrably better than the other. I mean, easily. Like, one, like, be a clown is just a very good run of the mill episode. Oh, oh, see. I th- I think that's the excellent one because you got the mayor and his kid, and <laughs> what more do you need in a Batman? Everybody's episode, really? favorite character, the mayor's toe-headed boy. <laughs> mayor boy, I assume his <laughs> name is. I have no idea. Mayor boy, the bo- the boy mayor of Gotham. <laughs> I mean, if they did a spinoff for the Zeta Project, <laughs> and again, that show might be pretty good. I I I haven't actually seen that one. It's just. I've seen the Zeta episodes of Batman Beyond, and it's mm-hmm. like, really? That's your spinoff? This, this robot, is, huh? This is this is an okay idea, but you have the entire DC universe to draw from, and like, I see the argument for Static Shock. Like, sure. there are not enough young heroes of color out there. There still aren't, like, yeah. 20 years later. But, like, Dwayne McDuffie's like, hey, why don't I make one, and why mm-hmm. don't we do a show about it? Like, that's yeah. a good idea. But, but Zeta? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We had this robot kicking around. He wants to be human, I assume. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to take us a while, but we'll we'll get there. We ripped off the Questor tapes. <laughs> you know, Gene Roddenberry's legacy, the Questor tapes. What is it to be human? Can what a else robot he brought truly to the... cry? <laughs> Beep, I, I cannot cry. I will rust. <laughs> this is a sad tragedy for me. The Zeta Project. Is that his name? Yes, he's Zeta Project. Huh. huh. First, I, I first name The, middle name Zeta, last name Project. I guess I don't need to watch it now. I think I know everything I need to know. Yeah, you get it. Yep. All right. Probably but, there uh, is a woman who is helping me. Oh, almost certainly. She's probably feisty. 
Mm-hmm. Is probably how they describe her, like in the, in, you know, in TV Guide or whatever. <laughs> Zeta and his feisty friend. Or plucky, maybe. I'll help you, Zeta. Good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we just wrote an episode, huh? Yeah. All right. Uh, but first, oh, oh, look, it's week five and we're <laughs> the Joker's here for the third time. You've done 10 episodes and three of them were about me. 30% of the show. And one of them was about me. I'm still here. No, you're from the future. You're not in this show. <laughs> Get back in your box that you probably live in because you're a thing. What is it to be human, Joker? <laughs> Mostly you just kill a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us, Matt? Why uh-huh. don't you tell us about... I can't imagine why you chose this episode. Oh, you 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 are a, uh, a a like on the record as not being a fan of the thing of the subject of this of this episode's title. This episode is about clowns and magicians, my two least favorite things. <laughs> I love you are not capable of saying the word magician just like a word. You mm-hmm. are magician, like you say it with this <laughs> disdain. Uh huh. Always, I love it. I mean, it might be because of my intense disdain for all magicians. I know it's just funny. Like certain words just can't come out in a in a in a in a level tone. That's like you how some people say can't it. say moist. <laughs> See, I've been reading the Discworld books, mm. so now it's just a name. So they got through on that loophole. The Adventures of the Moist Magician, <laughs> Episode Three of my great series, The Zeta Project. What is happening right now? <laughs> Matt, be a clown. All right. So, oh no, no. Be a clown. Mm. I don't mean tell us what happens in Be a Clown. I mean Be a Clown. Uh, I think I'll jump out this window instead. All right. Then tell us what happens in Be a Clown. All right. So a run-of-the-mill press conference by Gotham City's Mayor Hill is brought to a dynamite conclusion when a run-of-the-mill high-speed chase plows right through it. The mayor is publicly embarrassed and goes on TV to say that Gotham City is safe, and I'll prove it at my son's incredibly safe birthday party this weekend, which will definitely be safe and not at all attended by any of Gotham's many villains. Like the Joker, who is ugly and whose mother dresses him funny. Also, the address is 1739 Gotham Heights. Take a left turn down Robin- Robinson Avenue and then slow down, says the Joker, watching from the usual abandoned fun park. I'm riding as fast as I can. That weekend, the mayor's son, Jordan, is upset because his birthday party is all an excuse for his father to rub elbows with Gotham's elite. And also because nobody cares about his magic act. Don't be sad, Jordan. It's not your fault. Nobody cares about magic, and magicians are the scum of the earth. Jordan is delighted by the arrival of Jekko the Clown, securing himself a place in history as the first child to ever be delighted by a clown's arrival. Jekko capers about, insults the mayor, and then plants a stick of dynamite in the cake, presumably in an attempt to finally catch that pesky roadrunner. Luckily, millionaire Bruce Wayne arrives just in time to accidentally bumble the exploding pastry into the mayor's pool in a move worthy of Clark Kent. Meanwhile, Jekko escapes in his creepy clown van, unaware that Jordan is stowed away in it, hoping to learn the secrets of magic. Unfortunately, the only trick he's likely to learn is how to make a body disappear. Back at Stately Hill Manor, the mayor has called the cops and discovered that his son is missing. The real Jekko is found down the road and promptly arrested for the crime of being a clown. Luckily, Bruce is still hanging around, hoping to get some more of the hors d'oeuvres and figures out that it was probably the Joker who kidnapped Jordan, and then goes to the nearest abandoned carnival. Meanwhile, Jordan has revealed himself to Jekko, who decides to keep him around. It's always useful to have a friend with political connections. <laughs> Batman arrives, his hunch having paid off, because where the hell else is the Joker going to hang out, a building that without a giant clown on the side? And then there's a brief fight, and the Joker gasses Batman and puts him in, a fa- in the famous Houdini water trap, which Batman promptly escapes by shooting his own duplicate. 
Jordan begins to realize something is up when Jekko pulls off his makeup, revealing the Joker underneath. That's right, the Joker laughs. I was actually a different clown the whole time. Jordan tries to escape, and Joker gives chase, looking forward to murdering a child. Batman follows, and then there's a pretty awesome chase scene on a rickety roller coaster that ends with Batman saving the kid and Joker plummeting to his next appearance in shockingly seven weeks. Jordan is reunited with his father, the mayor, who promises never to use his son for political purposes again, and Jordan promises to quit magic and get really into video games, a safer hobby that is in no way villain-related, at least until the Riddler shows up. Ugh, that guy. Ugh. <laughs> so... I know we should talk about this episode, but I'm still fascinated. Why do you hate magic so much? I ha actually have a reason for this. I okay. had a friend in seventh grade who was a practicing magician. Like, he would go to birthday parties and do, like, his magic act. Right. And by eighth grade, I fucking hated him. Huh. All this right. was the smuggest motherfucker I have ever met in my life. Like, I know you've told this story before. It now rings a bell now that you say mm -hmm. it. I just, like, as a kid, I was interested in this stuff. I actually had a couple of the, like, little magic kits for mm -hmm. kids. And, like, until I wandered off to the next thing because ADHD. Like, yep. I, I thought, oh, this is fun. But uh, yeah, I that, that all makes sense. I have no time for magicians. The liars of showbiz. <laughs> I mean, stories are just lies. Like, all entertainment is lies of some kind or another. Yes, I will enjoy that much more than here's a ball. Now the ball's gone. Now you have the ball. You're an idiot. Go sit down. No, now you're just describing that old Patton Oswalt bit where the guy just like doesn't want to be there. Here's a ring. Now it's two rings. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's been a long time since I thought about that. Yeah. I don't know where to start or where to begin. <laughs> I don't know, because then I switched to, like, Penn and Teller. It's like, okay, this can be entertaining. See, I like Penn and Teller. They're, like, the only ones. Mm. When I went I to Vegas a... a few years ago, that was the only thing I wanted to do. And then we didn't. Yeah. Ah, that sucks. Yeah. No, they put on a great show. I did I did manage to see mm. that, and it's very good. Um, I, But clowns, like, I think we could both agree, like, I don't have the just absolute hatred of clowns that everyone seems mm. to have, but I don't think they're, like... Who are clowns for is a is an observation that lots of people have yeah. made. Like children are mostly scared of them. Mm -hmm. Adults don't like them. Nobody no. thinks they're funny. Like, why? Well, it's like it's like a clown arrives. No one's happy about that development. Not even the clown. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna get a paycheck, but he's got he's got a lot of comforting to do between now and then. <laughs> he's gonna get a paycheck, but at what cost? Yeah, exactly. His his dignity? <laughs> But Look, I have oversized shoes and a weird face, and now I'm going to make some balloon animals for you. But all of that said, this this is like a surprisingly like well put together story of like neglectful parenting, mm -hmm. and like uh, this kid who's desperate for attention, mm -hmm. just into this into this dumb kid bullshit, and. Yep. Like, someone shows him even a modicum of interest, and he wants to run off with him and, and have him be his new dad, and that's, like, that's all sad and terrible. Well, I love I love that his, like, his birthday party is, like, could not be sadder. Like, who, makes, who makes a child's birthday party into a political fundraiser? You need to shut up, Jordan. Bruce Wayne is coming to your birthday party, and you're going to be very excited to meet him. Oh, boy, Bruce Wayne. That, the billionaire that, playboy. That guy who's always kissing girls? Yeah. 
I invited some children. Like, the mayor says it like that. I invited some children. Yeah, they're all the children of people you're trying to get paid from. Shut yeah, up. It's, it, it's a very well-written bad dad. Mm-hmm. Like, Mayor Hill's a piece of shit. He sure is. And but like in a in a not in a carelessly written way, but in a very in a well very, observed. Yeah. Like I liked it a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the only part of that relationship I didn't like was at the end when he's reunited with his son and is just like, "I'm sorry, I'll be a better dad." Like, well, that's a no. very like cartoon like pat. I know to the episode, you know. The thing is. He would say that with the press around or with or with the cops around or whatever, but then things would go immediately back to normal. You like, embarrassed me in front of the Joker. <laughs> that's that's the most important thing in Gotham. Who do you think he's going to vote for ne- next election? Hmm? I mean, probably like, you know, farty butt, Mc, you know, poopy I'll pants. vote for a third party candidate. <laughs> I'll throw my vote away. I don't care. I loved I loved the visual of the kid pulling the clown face off and it being a clown face. Yep. It's like, what, what were you expecting? <laughs> oh, my God. You were a clown the whole time. Yes. I definitely want to give some, like, major props. This is my good thing. Mm-hmm. It's low-hanging fruit to say Mark Hamill is a good voice actor, just like it is to say that, uh, you know... Uh, uh, Kevin Conroy is, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to here a lot. But Mark Hamill as the Joker we've talked about already. But specifically, he did a whole completely different clown voice, very oh, yeah. unique from his Joker voice. To the point, for a second, I was like, "Is that someone else? Did they did they get someone else to be the clown yeah. who he then like? No, it's Mark Hamill being very versatile. Like I got more than one clown voice. Yeah, he's just a very good voice actor. Yeah. I would have loved, because this is, like, one of the first, like, big voice acting things he ever did, right? I would have lo- loved to have been in the room when just, like, did you guys know Luke Skywalker is actually really good at voice acting? I I mean, all of us had that conversation at the time. Yeah. Like, I definitely did with my friends, and I'm sure every nerd, you know, who was aware of who he was did the same. It's just such a weird thing that, like, when, like, this guy who is this hugely important one thing is also like, yeah, I'm also great at this. Yeah, and I love that, mm-hmm. and I love that he got an opportunity to show that, because so many people who are the giant star of some phenomenon like that kind of disappear afterwards. Yeah. And it's nice, you know, that he managed to get a second act, and mm-hmm. he was amazing at it. And, yeah, very good. This is also, and and this leads into your good thing, the mm-hmm. first, like, good Joker episode. This is it. We finally, it, t- it took a while, but we finally got got here. This is the first time the Joker is actually menacing. Like Jordan showing up in his lair, there's like genuine unease for the like for the entire rest of the episode because the Joker's definitely waiting for the right moment to kill this kid, or at least like corrupt him beyond mm-hmm. all like like I could see a version, and that's the thing about the Joker is it's very flip to say the Joker is unpredictable, but really uh-huh. he is and. The the thing is, some versions of this Joker could also take the kid under his wing and mm-hmm. show him how to murder people. I don't have that kind of time right now. I wasn't really expecting visitors today. <laughs> so I guess Places what I'll do shambles. is I'll show you a few tricks and then kill you. That should be fun. Oh, Batman's here. Well, mm-hmm. today escalated. But I could see him killing Batman in front of the kid 
And if the kid is kind of twisted and into it, mm. then he, he takes the kid on as a protege. But then at a, at a moment's notice, he could also turn on a diamond sure. and kill him anyway. Like that to me is the secret to making the Joker menacing. They did a little bit of it in the previous episodes, mm. more of it in this one. And and it plays well to Mark Hamill's strengths, which he can be jolly and whatever. And then he gets really mean all at once. And it's a really good, just like the the violent mood swings. Yeah. And it goes the other way, too. You think he's going to kill you, and then, you know, the, the flag with bang pops out of the gum. Yep. Like, and uh, those are usually timed well enough that it's like you don't expect it because sometimes the gun shoots real mm-hmm. stuff. Let's see. I've got the real gun and the bang gun. Which the hell, what am I using today? I'll bring both. That should be delightful. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also... I need more shit with my face on it. <laughs> I need I need a basically a slave, someone to paint stuff for me. Hmm. Harleen Quinzel. This will do nicely. Uh-huh. No, How's and a your lot penmanship. Of... Swell, Mr. L. Wait, that's a different guy. <laughs> um, but a lot of what we talked about in the previous Joker episodes was like, okay, there's no plot here. That's probably mm-hmm. it, right? Like uh, he's not really doing anything. He's I don't know, using laughing gas and then Batman yeah. chases well, the jo- him. But the in Joker this one... episodes have all been very, very pat superhero episodes, you know? Yeah, but in a way that works for this show. Mm-hmm. Not in a they're phoning it in way. No. Just in a this is his main guy, he does this a lot way. Yeah. But Well, it must be Tuesday. The fact that he saw the mayor on TV, got pissed off, and just spent the day terrorizing the mayor mm-hmm. feels about right. That's and then so Batman... Joker just... <laughs> Well, yeah. I wasn't going. Let's see. I was going to go to the grocery store, but then the jo- but then the mayor yeah. went on TV and said I suck. So fuck him. He said I'm the same as Batman. Only I get to give that speech. <laughs> you gave that speech last week. I know. We're not so different, you and I. You remembered. <laughs> We're not so the same, you and I either. Mm-hmm. I got a million of them, Charlie. No, you got like three of them. <laughs> but the my point is. This wasn't a very complex plot either. No, but to the worked. point where the Joker, or Joker didn't even do it for the most part. No, it's it's mostly just he. You know, the first act is him terrorizing the mayor, and then the rest of it is Batman chasing him. But it worked. Mm. So it's not it's not the formula that was the problem. Yeah, and it's not. We had said, okay, well, he obviously gets better when Harley shows up. Maybe he needs Harley, and mm. Harley definitely makes the show better. Yeah, but. But this she's Joker, not, she's not necessary. Like no, this Joker can function without her mm-hmm. and still be entertaining. So I don't know what it is. I guess just better writing. Yeah. Well, and it's they, been a few weeks now. I'm sure, like Mark Hamill, sort of gotten a better hook on the character now too. See the way animation is produced. It's real hard to make that judgment. Mm. Like when we talk about TV shows and we talk about early in the season versus late in the season, like, okay, probably they learned a lesson and they incorporated it into the next script. But I feel like a lot of these scripts were written at the same time and then put into various stages of production. So it's hard to tell. I'm not sure, but Mm. it definitely feels like maybe it was by accident this early on. They were writing to his strengths. Yeah, it could be like it's again, that turning on a dime thing that like, a few times is like, whoa, he's going to kill that kid. And it's like, wait a minute. No, he isn't. Mm-hmm. Of course he's not going to kill that kid. I might, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he might, though. Uh-huh. 
which you know I enjoyed. Yeah, that that the bit towards the end where the kid's running away and he's just sort of stalking him through the the fun park like it's The Shining, just mm-hmm. there was like a like a, a a stick along a fence, just what? There's a bit where he's got like his uh like uh like like a cane. Mm. And he's just sort of like running it along the uh, the oh, right, uh, right, right, right. fence as he's sort of strolling around. Right, I got nothing but time. Mm-hmm. No, that was that was genuinely creepy as hell. Mm-hmm. So the original pitch for this episode, and it ended up not really playing out that way, was uh, a kid is delighted by the Joker, and when Batman comes to save him, the kid is terrified because Batman is supposed to be terrifying. Sure, there's a, there's a tiny bit of that near the end, mm-hmm. like. When Batman's saving him up on the roller coaster. But they ended up sort of, you know how it goes. You yeah. write a thing and you have an idea and then it becomes something different. Mm-hmm. But they ended up using that idea again in a uh, Batman Beyond episode oh. where uh, Terry has to take his mask off to show a, a terrified child. Look, I'm not a monster. I'm, I'm a guy. I'm just a I'm just a, a cool teenager. It's, it's OK. You can let me take you away from this burning building, please. He is a very cool teenager, though. He is, though. You can tell because he dances in a nightclub in the opening in the opening credits. Uh huh. Or he does. Those opening credits are great. Well, I mean, you know, he's Batman all yeah, the time. Yeah, he's got that Batman. Show, that show is basically Spider Man. If he doesn't Batman harder, Bruce Wayne will yell at him. Mm-hmm. It's Spider Man. If Spider Man had an old Spider Man around to yell at him. Mm-hmm. So it's in all the right. Spider Verse. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's get into some bad things. Sure. What do you got? Um. So let's roll out my quote. Okay. Uh, which do you feels... want to set this up, or do you want to just play this without Let, any context? We'll, we'll play the quote, then we'll talk about it. All right, here we go. Oh my, a sparkler candle! So this, when paired with last week's, basically the same screaming woman talking <laughs> about how a small boy is actually a leprechaun. It's just like I'm noticing this weird theme of Margaret Dumont-type women yelling strange things. Who are they, and why are they like this? Mm-hmm. Now, I have to jump to the defense of Margaret Dumont, mm-hmm. which is a sentence that I will delight in saying <laughs> until my end days. <laughs> she would be flustered by Groucho, but she was not stupid enough to see a child running by and say a leprechaun. That or... looks like a leprechaun. Yeah, like, she was usually pretty pretty with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole scene, though. So, the Joker, as Jekko... Yeah, his drops plan. Drops the... Well, it's not really a plan. He's just pissed off, which is fine. Uh, like... It's, it's very... All right, what do I have around here? I didn't put a lot of planning into this one. Yeah, but if, if anyone in Gotham, if mm-hmm. any of Batman's bad guys are gonna just get pissed off and spend their day chasing someone, mm-hmm. it's gonna be the Joker. Oh, yeah. Like, some of them have an agenda. Some of them are planners. Mm-hmm. This guy just goes with his gut. And yep. I appreciate that. There's, mm-hmm. there's a whole episode where it's like someone cuts him off in traffic or something. And like he just that's chases him forever. That's one of the best Joker episodes. Yes, it is. I love that episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, he drops the Jekko act for a minute as he puts this uh, a sparkler candle in the cake. And he says... But this one's dynamite, and it's going to blow up. And ten people hear him. He's mm-hmm. standing right there, adults, yep. not children, and they're all like, "Yeah, this is fine. What a 
what a good, what a good funny clown act to say that we're all going to die. Ha <laughs> ha. No one thinks any, until he walks away and laughs mm-hmm. that laugh. And Bruce goes, that laugh. World's greatest detective. <laughs> it's like, it was all right there in front of you idiots. I'm going to blow you all up until your bloody corpses. Oh, what a, what a funny joke. clown. Yeah. Well, I am the Joker. Ugh. Just, I l- ugh. I, and I, I really like Bruce say, uh, uh, stumbling, like saving the day by just like brucing into it. Uh huh. Like but I again, my summary. That's some Clark Kent shit. I liked. There's a there's a moment, and it's in the animation mm-hmm. where he sees the. I keep having to look down at you. Wrote, you wrote it down because I want to get the wording right. A sparkler candle. Yep. And he knows it's a bomb. Mm-hmm. And he's got a like his Batman reflexes kick in. And then, and again, this is all in his face in the animation. Yep. On top of that, shit, I'm not Batman right now. I have to play this like Bruce. So I have to use all the information that I have as Batman and then also not be found out as Batman. Yep. And he just sort of stumbles and knocks in it. Like, there's a lot going on there. Yep. I like that a lot. Excuse me. Pardon me. Coming through. Got to get yeah. to the cake. Whoops. Whoops. Yep. Oh, and it Bruce. seems... It seems so idiotic and and dumb, but it's very calculated, and I love that they took yep. the extra beat to show us him calculating how to handle it. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Uh, so my bad thing is also about jokes. <laughs> I will be very happy when Batman stops with the punny quips. Mm-hmm. It does not suit him, particularly my take on this character, which is mostly the later versions in Justice League and, and Batman Beyond, where he's yeah. bitter and humorless. I don't want him to be humorless, but... There's a lot of bad, like, he he knocks someone into a dumpster at the beginning and says something like, it's time to take out the trash. Yep. And then later, uh, at, when he's facing down the Joker, he's like, T- get ready for a little bat magic. Like, come on, man. I guess this is what Robin is for. Yeah. Because they want to have those light moments, and I get it, but. Well, that's important to have, like, so, some humor in your, uh, in your episode. I, I, look, this is a thing. I will go to my grave complaining about in the later incarnations of Star Trek mm-hmm. uh, from Enterprise onwards. Like, they, they're they so terrified of levity. Like, mm-hmm. it's a fun concept. You're out in space exploring. Yeah. Like, why is everything so dark all the time? And Batman lends itself to that. And I'm glad that there's fun in there. But it just feels weird having him, you know. Yeah. Like, bat magic. <laughs> What? That's a, he can be he can be funny, but pun, pun puns don't work for him. But also, like the thumbs up at the end. I know you're a big fan. It's like what you weren't standing close enough for a high five, <laughs> a chest bump. Slap me some skin, Jordan. Uh-huh. Down low, up too slow. <laughs> Just uh, it doesn't feel right. It feels like a smirk, mm-hmm. like. He's got the stony, mean exterior, and he let, lets it up for a second and almost smiles. But, on the other hand, consider this. That thumbs up is a gif I've used over a thousand times. Oh, look. It, like, uh, divorced from context, it's great. Mm. But we just had an adventure, and I'm your pal. Like, mm, My best no. friend, Batman. <laughs> yeah. I'll call you. This is, this is probably the second Robin uh, candidate that we've seen. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he every time he has a, a little adventure with a kid, he's like, hmm, would this, no, 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 not good enough. Well, we got Bat, we got Batman in my basement coming up in a week or two, so that should yep. be, uh, we'll get, another we're going to get at least one more. 
this is my headcanon that he's he's had the idea for Robin for a while mm-hmm. and he's trying them out and until he gets to Dick Grayson none of them are good enough sure but no no none of this also this kid's tied to the mayor and uh, I really don't want to be palling around with someone with close ties to someone I oh shit Barbara Gordon hi well <laughs> yeah uh so. can you keep a secret <laughs> so can I <laughs> Uh, anything else? Uh, Alan Moore appears briefly in this episode. <laughs> Which we both noticed. Uh-huh. It's a magician. I don't know what the point of that was. Someone well, it asked... was the clue that led him to... Oh, right, 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 the, right. Uh, the, 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 the amusement park. The abandoned because, amusement park. Yeah, because you can't just have Batman go, well, there's an abandoned amusement park in town. I mean, you can. I mean, I've seen that happen before. I mean, how many must there be, though? Either he keeps going back to the same one, or there are a bunch of them. They have, at this point in modern Gotham City, there's a there's a place called, like, Amusement Mile in Gotham City, which is just a giant area of town that's just broken down old amusement parks. I mean, if you looked at the actual New York, mm-hmm. like, Coney Island could be that. Yeah, probably so there, that's what they were referencing. Yeah, but I'm saying there are places in the world where that could almost be, you know... Mm-hmm. doable it's just i believe in coney island those things are still working and open but if it fell into disrepair mm-hmm. you know if it was in Gotham go. city which is a real shitty town well especially with you know assuming no man's land is still canon mm-hmm. like for a while there gotham became its own fucking self-governing country so yep. things things got real bad fucking no man's land that's actually the the story they're doing in the Harley show now. That's weird. real. That's really interesting to me because they also do that for the last season of Gotham. Mm-hmm. It's just like now. Very we're different point, takes. Now we're at the point where everybody's like, I seem to recall that Gotham was destroyed in an earthquake when I was a kid. Let's do that. Well, it's a really interesting idea. Like, mm-hmm. I I don't know if the comic was any good, but it just is. the concept is interesting. It 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 was a really good like. Like, and they did it for a full year in, like, all, like, yeah, I remember eight, that. Bat blo- eight bat books. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, what if this was Mad Max? I mean, that seems, you know, like, the fact that, ba- like, Gotham has always been, like, two <laughs> two paychecks away from disaster. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, it's interesting to finally just embrace that and say, okay, what if one bad thing happened and then everyone was fucked? Yep. And it's a good thing nothing in the real world is anything like that. It sure is. Uh, one final thing on this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, my hey, it's that guy. Yes. Is Tim Curry. Oh, really? There's a, there, a very brief, just mm-hmm. a laugh. It's the ah. uh, at the at the amusement park. There's a robot clown mm-hmm. that just has a sinister laugh, and they recycled his like his Joker laugh from the episode. You know, we talked about this when he was almost the Joker. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh yeah, we got some sinister laughter in the can already from you know famous uh famous tim curry person tim curry oh 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 yeah no it was it was a good good use of resources there oh yeah uh also the real jecko is jim cummings the Mm -hmm. official voice of winnie the pooh tigger and darkwing duck so that's something Mm -hmm. as i recall that guy's a little problematic but i don't remember yeah i'm not entirely sure what his deal is but uh moving on yes all right, shall we Shall we press forward to Two-Face Part 1? Yes, tell me about two, One-Face Part 2. I was going to say, like, shouldn't it be called One-Face? It's still only the first part. Bruce, right. my One-Face. <laughs> Gotham City District Attorney Harvey Dent is a man with a lot going for him. 
His handsome, completely intact face, for one. The fact that while he has a pretty vicious temper, he mostly manages to keep that under control uh, with the help of therapy. I could name more things, but for some reason it feels right to stop this list at two. Harvey's been doggedly pursuing Matt's favorite Batman villain, the gangster Rupert Thorne. He's also running for re-election, and he's about to get engaged to his girlfriend. No, not Poison Pam. Somebody new has come into his life since those heady days of, like, two weeks ago, and they're pretty serious. I have a good feeling about how all of this is going to turn out. Except, for some reason, Rupert Thorne doesn't appreciate being doggedly pursued and decides to fight back by using some of the more subtle means at his disposal. By which I mean having his girlfriend stand just outside of Harvey's therapist's office so she can overhear his most intimate mental secrets. And people thought Tony Soprano was being paranoid about going to therapy. See, it turns out that temper isn't just a temper. It's a full-blown case of dissociative identity disorder, as it is now known, multiple personality disorder, as it would have been known around the time this episode was produced, and or hysteroepilepsy, as it was called when it was first identified. So there, that should cover any possible time period during which the show may or may not be taking place. <laughs> the point is, there's a very angry other Harvey living inside handsome DA Harvey Dent. And now that Rupert Thorne is aware of this, I can only assume he's going to volunteer to put up some extra cash to get him the best treatment money can buy? Wait, he's going to blackmail Harvey? Huh, who saw that coming? Harvey lets his dark side off the leash and nearly kills Thorne to death by murder, but then <laughs> Batman shows up. Hey, remember him? Guy the show's named after? Batman is once again put into a position where he has to save a somewhat morally questionable person who happens to be around a bunch of bubbling vats of chemicals. Only this time there's also deadly electricity involved, which actually ends up saving Harvey somehow? Well, half of him. Cut to the hospital sometime later as he reenacts a scene from his favorite movie, the blockbuster 1989 hit Batman. You know, screaming for the mirror, tearing off the bandages, going insane. Insaner? At what he sees. Somehow that combination of deadly chemicals and wonderful life-bringing electricity, question marks, resulted in Harvey's face being split 50-50 right down the middle between the dashing professional and a straight-up universal movie monster. So now he has half of one face and half of another, completely different face, which I assume is the name he will adopt henceforth. I'm half of one face and half of another completely different face, Batman. We'll have to wait until next week when we cover part two to find out for sure, but look, I've been reviewing TV shows for a lot of years, so... If I were you, I'd defer to my obvious expertise here. Yep, that's him, all right. Yep. <laughs> what did they used to call you in college? Harvey, one half of one face, and then one half of another completely different face? Yes, that's right. <laughs> I'm very touched that you remembered that exactly. Put it on. They signed it in my yearbook. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to say, okay, so there's not really a, a hey, it's that guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit, that... um. That Harvey's played by Richard Mall, who, mm -hmm. to this point, was best known as the wacky bailiff bull on TV's Night yep. Court. By TV's, uh, which, with starring TV's Richard Mall. Yeah, but um, I just I just want to call attention to, he's very good. Like, mm -hmm. the two Harveys are, like, you know, it's it's very much like uh, Kevin Conroy's, oh, I'm Bruce and I'm Batman. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that kind of thing. Like, when he loses his temper, he's kind of in the middle somewhere. Yep. And then when he's full on... His his bad side. It's it's this, this this horrible growly voice. It's very good. That's because half of my vocal cords were scarred. I guess. No, he was like that before. Ah, but uh, but there is the thing. This is my bad thing. Yep. Big bad Harv is the name of mm -hmm. his other personality. That does not sound particularly threatening to me. It sounds like a dork trying to sound threatening. I I, I 
This is a serious reach, I know, but this is a very good episode. I remember thinking that was dumb when I watched the episode when I was a kid. Yeah. It's just uh, like, this... like ugh, big bad Harv. Yeah. No wonder no wonder the gangsters are are all making fun of you. This is uh this is actually my quote is his therapist saying it. Good. Now, Harvey, I would like to speak with your other personality. I would like to talk with Big Bad Harv. And she says it with as much dignity as, you know, because therapists are supposed to sound sure. like kind and and empathetic and even she can't sell it. Yep. <laughs> Just like Big Bad Harv, huh? <laughs> okay. Well, two things I know about Harvey. He's big. <laughs> he's bad. I mean, doesn't like to finish those, his name. That is the only, uh, that is the correct number of things you're supposed to know about this guy. Yep. Two things. Mm-hmm. I, does this version of him go on to have the, like, s- ridiculous Silver Age comical uh, obsession with the number two? I think think so i can't remember any other two-faced episodes like this is the big one and it's the big one because it's fucking the best yeah he shows um, up a lot though as i recall yeah he, he absolutely does but the only other one i ever remember is uh is him in uh almost got him where he's talking to uh poison ivy and goes we used to date oh yeah um i just i remember you know some of the old goofy comics where mm-hmm. he's like uh it's uh it's the 2nd of February, and someone has kidnapped some twins at the Two Factory. Yep. Okay. Who could it be, Batman? No, every time I try and think of Two-Face, I always, like, the first thing that pops in my head is, uh, uh, what's-his-face from uh, Batman Forever? The worst yeah. Two-Face. Oh, 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 right. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee I thought Jones, you, thank you. I thought you were talking about, uh, uh, Aaron Eckhart in the Dark Knight movie, which was, he was no. fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Although, another... Terrible, like, what do they call you? Harvey Two-Face? Yep. <laughs> also bad. Well, that was another example. That Those movies tried so hard to be, like, super realistic. So, like, no one could have, like, you know, a superhero name. Yeah, but you have tabloids. Like, mm-hmm. that's the easy out, is, like, tabloids give you sensational names. and then, Harvey Two-Face. Yeah, exactly. But, uh but yeah, this is this is a fantastic episode. Let's mm-hmm. let's just go into your good thing. Yeah. So um this episode is a masterclass in making a villain origin story. Like it absolutely benefits from Harvey Dent showing up a couple episodes before this, but like even without those, we spend so much time with Harvey and Bruce. Like you could go into this episode having never seen the character before and just like you you get it. He's he's all there. Um, the episode explains mental illness and uh, multiple personality disorder so goddamn well for a show that was still directed at children. Like, the whole bit when Harvey's in therapy is really good at explaining what's going on in sort of simple terms, you know? Yeah, and it was, I mean, we're not qualified to say for sure. Not but even a little bit. I, I, but as at least as much as pop culture understood mm-hmm. the issue in, you know, the early 90s. Yeah. Like, as I mentioned in my summary, it's called something else now. And also, I think there's some doubt as to whether it's even a thing. And, yeah. and it's 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 been an ongoing conversation, as as most science is. Like, they, you, with with the mind in particular, you can't just say, this is definitely a thing or it's not a thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's an ongoing thing. Um, but yeah, I love how, like, this, this dovetails into my good thing. Mm-hmm. I love how he was already suffering from all of this before yes. any of the stuff went down. Like, this other side of him was and and they talk about it he was bullied as a kid mm-hmm. and he fought back and the kid went to the hospital and 
it turns out for unrelated reasons, but Harvey was so broken up by this. He's like, oh shit. Like, yeah, I let myself get mad once and I put a kid in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I need to, I need to lock this up forever. And it festered and became this other person. Yeah. And it's relatable and it's, it's very good. And it's so much better than I was a perfect upstanding citizen until something happened to my face. And then I snapped yeah. like, n- no, he was already teetering on the brink and that just pushed mm-hmm. him over. I like that so much better. Yeah. I just, it's such a, it's such a perfectly made tragedy. Yep. Just like. No, and, and would you say the first, definitely not the last, there are some very good examples of this, but the first sympathetic take on a Batman villain. Oh, absolutely. From this show. Yeah. Like there's famously, I mean, Mr. Freeze is coming up soon, uh, but you also have the Clock King, um, Poison Ivy sometimes uh, uh, portrayed as like, oh, she's. She's on the right side of the political argument. Yeah. She's just handling it the wrong way. Like yeah. there's there's a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. But this is really the first one where it's like, "Oh, I I get it. You're suffering and yeah. now this thing and you're surrounded by this violence because you're trying to stop these criminals." Mm-hmm. So that's how you react. Well, and like this is also one of those one of those episodes that sort of would go on to define like what the character was, you know? Like yeah. Two-Face in the comics before this, like you had that connection with Harvey Dent, but like not a whole lot of people did the the like yeah he was friends with Batman and he was a good it was a good guy. Um, what I, think I remember, Dark Knight Returns was like the sort of the first time that showed up. Well, what I remember I in Dark Knight Returns actually, and in several other Batman comics that I picked up through the years, and again you you have the like much more knowledge than I do. I I faded in and out of these, mm-hmm. but as I recall, they con- they were constantly restoring his face and turning him back into Harvey Dent and All then the turning him back into Two-Face. Mm-hmm. Like, because, presumably, because now I understand how comics work, because one writer got sick of it and then mm-hmm. the next one wanted to bring back the guy he liked. Yep. That's how comics work. That's how yeah. every comic works. It kind of is. Mm-hmm. And I don't love it most of the time. Hey, we're going to try something new. Hey, I want things to be like when I was a kid. And the thing is, sometimes they change back to my my preferred thing, mm-hmm. but you know even then yep you can you can see it happening right now if you pick up a fucking dc comp well you can't right now because there are no comics but if you could like you can see stuff from like 20 years ago when i got into comics like stuff's going back to that now it's weird i know it's 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 constantly happening i mean spider-man like Mm -hmm. Someone wanted to change, like, okay, like, the way they did it was real stupid. Like, he's not married anymore because the devil. Yeah. But. Gotta watch out for the devil. He'll take your wife. (laughs) But what resulted, according to you anyway, Mm. is some excellent comics. And then some guys stepped in a few years later and said, eh, you know what? I want it to be be back the way it was. Like, so it's just constantly fighting back and forth. Mm -hmm. And so, like, Harvey is always turning back into Harvey and then turning back into Two-Face. Yep. I'm like, uh, I don't think this show ever does that, though. No. I think they just commit to it. Yeah. Which is good. Um, And yeah, I do like that they established that he was around for a while. Mm-hmm. It's good to have him show up in a few episodes first, and it makes the tragedy even better. Yeah. Well, now he's someone we've heard of, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, I remember him from that Poison, epi- Poison Ivy episode. Seemed like right. a good friend of uh, Bruce's. It kind of sucked when he got poisoned. Yeah. What a bad year for Harvey Dent. <laughs> I don't know. He bounced back from Poison Ivy pretty quick. He's he's already just about engaged. I thought about that. That seems real in character for this guy, actually. Yeah, no, I feel like he and Bruce were, if not frat bros, something like that. Yeah. 
Like they're both, they both get around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, all all of this kind of ties into my my whole kids love Batman thing. Mm-hmm. This is a very kids love Batman episode. Uh, Batman is not in this one very much. Not really. And uh, Harvey's case gets thrown out because the warrant wasn't filled out properly. Because mm-hmm. kids love references to due process. I, I guess rem- I remember that when I was a kid, and ju- b- between that and that's also the reason that uh, Freddy Krueger got off. Right. I remember, like, I remember that as a kid, and just like so. Wait, so a warrant, which is a thing I don't really understand, has to be properly filled out, or criminals can just go back onto the street. Interesting. And some of that is valid, like, trying to say, like, due process is important, mm-hmm. and, like, we should follow the rules. But some of, like, stories that are written like this, and I don't, I don't think this is one of them, but there was a real pushback to... The cops are being too touchy-feely and judges are letting people go. Like that whole Dirty Harry yeah, I remember that. push in like the 70s and the 80s. Like mm. like the, the system is coddling criminals just because we didn't fill out a warrant or read them their rights. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, but those things are important, man. Yeah. But it became a, it became a real like uh, cliche mm-hmm. in crime stories because it's an easy way to say the system failed us. But in this case, it was just a way to set off Harvey to say, yeah. I put a lot of work in something and... I didn't cross a T and everything's fucked now. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be interested so. to see if that's actually like what happened or if it was like, like Thorn meddling or something. Cause mm-hmm. Harvey doesn't seem like the guy who doesn't cross the T's and dot the I's on this kind no, of thing. You no, know? I, in that case, well, it's possible. Yeah. But he didn't do it to set him off cause he didn't know about Big Bad Harv mm-hmm. yet. But all the mental illness talk, just yep. there's some heavy shit in this. Like, absolutely. What kid would possibly care about the district attorney and his therapy? Yeah. Like, a lot of this plays out like a very good, mm-hmm. but like a B-movie noir. Yeah. Like, it's just a an upstanding citizen dealing with some dark issues who ends up, you know, scarred and becoming bad. Like, well, it's, I've seen movies like this. Yeah, I mean, you refer to it as a universal monster movie, and you're not wrong. Well, just, just the design of the monster half of it. I mean, you're, yeah, this is a... Uh... Um, this is a unique take on uh, on the, the, on Two Face's face. Uh, I mean, I've seen precedent in the comics. They're they're just like stylizing what came before. He's, I mean, you know, it's it's green and monstery. Yeah, but it's like it's like I remember as a kid watching. Like, why would he getting burned make his face blue? Yeah, and bush up his eyebrows so much. Yeah, and and like give him a nice little Egon tuft on mm-hmm. the on the other side, but I mean, it looks really good. That, the thing that, is, uh, the reveal shot is fucking awesome. Like, do you want to make him grotesquely scarred for this kid's show? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, it worked for Dark Knight, and that's that's kind of the direction they take it now. Is it actually looks like his face is all burnt up? And I don't mind that take either. That that's the thing about. You know mm-hmm. the Batman mythos is you can you could there's a lot of interpretations, sure. but I kind of like him looking a little monstery. Mm-hmm. That's like everything in this show is a little exaggerated and stylized, and we joke about how ago it is, but like the fact that blimps exist co like coexist alongside computers is awesome. Mm-hmm. Just like I don't know, acid and electricity make your face a monster. Who cares? <laughs> it's because it it's looks not the cool. weirdest thing that's gonna happen in the next few years. No. And if the answer is because it looks cool mm-hmm. and it doesn't ruin the story in the process, yeah. then I'm all for it. I'll take it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I really, 
enjoy all that. Um, what else? Uh, let's see. I feel like we're not going to have as much to talk about, not because it's a good episode, but because the whole story is not done yet. Like, sure. This is the first two-parter we've done, and it feels very... Like, it was a good place to stop, mm-hmm. but it feels like there's less to discuss because so many of the, like, threads haven't resolved yet. Uh, first appearance of Rupert Thorne. Mm-hmm. Your favorite? Yeah. Um, you really enjoy Rupert Thorne, mm-hmm. is what you always say. It's... I. I... I realized I was watching that this show pulls a lot from the uh, the Engle the Steve Englehart run on that was in the seventies right Batman when they were in the like 70s, yeah when they were trying to hard correct from like the campiness exactly. so they like they took it into like a, a gritty street level crime thing yeah it's uh, Rupert Thorne showed up there uh, those first time Bullock showed up I think mm-hmm. um, like I'm shocked Silver Sennett Cloud never shows up on this show hmm. who was like Batman's girlfriend for the seventies until she wasn't anymore huh. Yeah, like, I don't remember that character. Like these days, the mob go-to guy is uh, uh, Carmine Falcone, who's in like, mm-hmm. like they put him in everything. But like now, if you want like a kingpin type, it's like, yeah, we'll use this guy. Mm-hmm. I don't really no, have a point. I'm just interested. There's a there's a few in this show. I yeah. mean, we'll get. Uh, I was reminded. I thought Robin's uh, origin was tied up with Two Face, but that's that's a different version. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's uh, Tony Zuko. Yes, boss Zuko. Show. And there's tried like, to uh, muscle in on a circus. I mean, that's look when you're a mobster, that's mm-hmm. basically a license to print money. There is a circus. I, I, you got the numbers racket, mm-hmm. you got sex workers. Yep, don't forget racketeering, got, whatever that is. Got, the numbers racket is that with it? All right, yeah. And you got casinos and then circuses, circuses. Uh huh. Oh, and protection. I love as comics move forward from like from their their uh start in like the 30s and 40s like you have to keep a lot of stuff so that the characters are still the same but like yeah so many of those things no longer have any relevance in you know yeah. society from 80 years ago i just i love picking up like like nightwing comics now and he's like yeah i, I used to work at a circus you know i was a circus kid i didn't go to school i was at the circus yeah that's that's less of a thing like Less of a romantic idea than it was in the 30s, where the depression was on and mm-hmm. running running away to join the circus was actually probably a little better than staying and going to school and eating dirt. Yep. <laughs> I just, I think about it now, like, 10 years from now, the only circus that's going to be left is going to be, like, Cirque du Soleil. And Circus Circus in uh, in Vegas. <sighs> yeah, I mean, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I stayed but, there when I was in Vegas, and that place looked like it was about it was about a week away from closing down. Then, oh wow, yeah, the place is a real shithole, huh? Um, but yeah, you're not wrong, and and a lot of this stuff is you know a lot of the stuff from the 30s was drawing on stuff even older. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why they wear tights is because it's drawing on like old circus strongmen exactly, and stuff like that, yeah, which is from like the 1900s, 1910s. Yep. And now it's like a hundred years later, and people are like, "Why do they look like that?" Well, it's complicated. Siegel and Schuster drawing in their uh, in their basement, just like, "What if he looked like a guy who could lift a weight over his head?" Yeah, I mean that's sensible in 1938, sure. but uh, it's you know it's 2020 now. <laughs> These characters will definitely be around in almost a hundred years. Yeah, said no one. <laughs> uh oh, so. I'm pretty sure about this. The the uh, wiki that I've been getting information from mm-hmm. uh, lists this as a single episode. So some of the facts maybe about the next part. Uh-huh. 
but there is a character credited as Dr. Doobie. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's the 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 doctor who uh helps him with his bandages yep. at the end. Yeah. I mean it has to be. There's a there's a character who is a doctor who it doesn't his name's not mentioned, so it's probably him. But Dr. Doobie. First name okay. Scooby. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he just smokes marijuana cigarettes. Well, your refrigerator covered in scars. Also, that is some of the worst bedside manner I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Like, they take the bandages off. He must know what's under there. He put the bandages on him. Well, and like he knows that like that like he's going to be getting sur- like he's going to be getting plastic surgery to fix it. Yeah. But the doctor should know what it looks like already, but mm-hmm. he gasps and drops his instruments and the, the nurse comes in and drops Ooh! her tray and faints. Like that is like he's struggling with a lot. Yeah, man. Like he's I... just survived a traumatic experience. He's looking at his what's left of his face and you <gasps> Oh, how My... hideous. <laughs> My goodness, a freak. Uh-huh. Wow. You you guys are caretakers, huh? Mm-hmm. You guys are here to help people heal. Bedside manner's not great over in Gotham. No. Also, I I mentioned this in my summary. The uh that that reveal there plays out like the uh, Batman 89 scene. Oh, it's, it was it's straight it, out of it. It was yeah. an intentional homage like which is weird because at this point many things in pop culture were ripping that off to the point where I was getting a little tired of it. Mm-hmm. It's like the Hannibal Lecter in a glass cage thing. It's like, sure. okay, this was done well. Now stop. Mm-hmm. But it's well, weird that a Batman thing. The first one. But but it's weird that a Batman thing would do that. Yeah. You you guys, what? Okay, fine, <laughs> whatever. I can definitely see the uh, the thinking being, well, we're doing the reveal. I mean, we can't not do it. Yeah, everyone's gonna expect it, so yeah. we might as well just. All right. There's only so uh, many ways a guy can take bandages off. Well, you don't have to show that. <laughs> just show him like the next scene could be him in the shadows and saying, "My face got scarred." Like <clears throat> you don't you don't have to you don't have to show him taking off and seeing it for the first time. Hey. Bad news about my face. It got scarred. Hey, Grace, are we still getting married? I love you. Aren't you looking forward to kissing these big, weird lips? Well, half of them. I mean, the other half doesn't even have lips. (laughs) I should have called myself half lips. Hang on, I should write these down. I should get a chalkboard and write down the best. uh... (laughs) All right, we're doing a brainstorming session. Gather around, no bad ideas. Let's see, Dark Man. Mm, no. That might be a bad idea. <laughs> Who is Dark Man? I mean, that is the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about all I have. What about yeah. you? Um, I got my bad thing. Oh, yeah, which, sorry. I thought like we talked you said, about that. Real Reach. Yeah. Uh, Rupert Thorne's lady friend sure looks like a prototype for uh, the Bruce Tim Lois Lane. I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, it might be a bad thing for the Superman animated series for stealing her uh, her design. I think the Bruce Tim look, which I love, mm-hmm. doesn't have that much variation. I think, like, you have two or three body types, three or four face types, yep. some hair, and then color. That's mm-hmm. it. Like, you're going to see characters duplicated. I mean, there's a whole episode coming up where Superman can pass for Batman because... Bruce Tim heroes look exactly the same. Yep. Like dark hair, lantern jawed, tapered body, like they're they're basically the same. 
Batman pe- Batman peels off his off his shirt to reveal a Superman shirt underneath, and the bad guy goes, "Oh my God, it's Shazam!" <laughs> you think this S stands for France? <laughs> Wait, uh, what? Not very uh, good. Nope. All right. Anything else? Uh, I think that's it. All right. Um. Let's see, I did my quotes. We did, did. I keep forgetting quotes and things. Like, we have more bits on this show than we had on the previous yeah. one. So it's like, I try to work everything in. Sometimes I forget. Gotta um, have more bits. That's just gonna happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next week, obviously, part two. Mm-hmm. And something called It's Never Too Late, which I have no idea what it is. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe it's a mob story, but we'll see. Okay. Well, you love the mob. Mm-hmm. We uh j- just to just to clarify that a little bit. We we actually covered a pair of these episodes on the post atomic horror when we ran out of Star Trek to do and Matt just talked about how Rupert Thorne is like the 50th best Batman villain. Yep. Just does not care for him. Just like it well it's just like a uh, third rate kingpin. I, I don't know. I like him. Like I I don't want the whole show to be about him or anything, but mm-hmm. you need just regular down to earth mob guys who don't have powers or costumes sure. and like I thought his outfit was hideous. He was wearing this weird green vest with an otherwise nice suit. Just My like, green vest. What is that? No, he sounds like this. Like he's he's got an excellent voice. Mm-hmm. Um, he does not sound like a like a typical TV voice actor. He sounds like a, an old character actor. And in fact, he is. But um, the oldest of character actors. No, I think at this point that would have been Jack Palance. The youngest of character actors. No, I think at this point that would have been Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> All right, uh, so that's all for this time. Uh, the website is kidslovebatman.com. Mm-hmm. If you want to write to us, we still do not have a dedicated email address. I will I will figure that out soon, I promise. You can write to us at the other show, though, postatomichorror at gmail. Uh, we are on Twitter, at Algar, at RobotMatt. And that's all for this time. Yeah, see you, folks. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2020, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.